Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. This is Lisa, and if you want to catch up with me on Twitter, you can follow me at AYA Lisa Cosplay. I'm also on Instagram under AYA, and as a Nancy, AMI Lisa. And I've got a closed Facebook group called I Love That Movie. Uh, the group is just a safe space for a safe space <laughs> for movie lovers to discuss their favorite films judgment free. My only rule is keep it positive. So uh, yeah, and if you like what you heard today, please subscribe and rate the show. That helps other people find us, and I think I'm done plugging. So, well, actually, one quick announcement. Uh, coming up in a couple weeks here, we are going to have our second panel. Um, it will be at Fan Expo, so if you've got tickets to that, uh, please check out our Facebook invite, and please check out the schedule to see which room we're in. Um, but yeah, please guys come out to our panel. I'll also be hosting a meetup and I'll post more information about that later. Anyway, let's focus on today. Uh, I have a returning guest here. I have Nick Ward. Say hi. It's me. Yep. So for those of you that don't already know, Nick Ward is my husband. Wait, what? I know. It's weird. I know. It's real weird. We've been married for five years five now. Years? Mm-hmm. Five years? Five years. Well, it's, it's different when people are listening, but five years um, on the uh, 12th. Yep. And we've month. been together 13 years. Ay, ay, ay. I know. It seems like a long time. No. <laughs> Lucky 13. Yikes. Mm. You're right. Mm-hmm. This is it. That's uh, why we picked a good movie for that. Yeah, so Nick has been on the show several times, and he will also be in the live upcoming episode that we're going to record. I will uh, be. I'll be there. And we're going to watch Big Trouble in Little China, so quick plug. Go ahead and brush up on that film. Get watching. Yeah, so you can come to our panel and uh, interject and uh, have questions and all that good stuff. We're going to dive deep into the psyche of that movie. No, we're not. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's there. I don't think it's no, possible. No, it's just, it's just fun. There's nothing there. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, but we're not talking about that movie today, Nick. What movie are we talking about? We're going to talk about Casino. Yep. Uh, the Martin Scorsese film. And the reason we picked this film is Nick and I recently celebrated our five-year anniversary by going to Vegas. What, what? And I thought that was a good opportunity to pick this film. <laughs> yeah. Actually, because... it's an opportunity for Elisa to pick this film anytime. Yeah. She loves this movie. Oh. Oh, so you don't love this movie. I, this I also love this movie, but uh-huh. you really like this movie. I do like it a lot. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a secret if you listen to previous episodes that I'm pretty obsessed with uh, true crime and then also organized crime. Mobsters. Yeah. And so, well, anyway, I thought it kind of fit with the theme. I do want to emphasize we both wanted to go to Vegas. Can oh, yeah, it's, okay. it's fun. It was a lot of fun. Really great trip. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I, I admit that I'm the bigger mobster fan out of the two of us. That so. kind of works out. I like mob stuff, too. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I don't, I don't know that I would have started off, like, if I picked a Martin Scorsese film, I'm not sure I would have, like, led with this one, but it just, it made sense. We were going to Vegas and um, I had started kind of planning the trip around this movie in a weird way because, um, well, so, I, you know, a couple things. Uh, we're staying in the old part of Vegas. So if you've ever been to Vegas, um, we prefer the older part of Vegas because... Yeah. You, you do the strip, you go to shows, you, you have some fun there, and then you're like, oh, wait, 
there's this old part. Let me check that out. And you're like, oh, this is Vegas. Yeah, I feel like, for me anyway, you guys know I'm kind of obsessed with retro-type stuff. And I think I had a Vegas in my mind that kind of doesn't exist anymore. Um, it's one that's portrayed in movies and probably not an accurate representation of what it's like. But I'm always trying to, like, recapture that. So I think it's possible. I think you can still go to Vegas and get that sort of old-school feel, that whole, like, Rat Pack, Elvis, you know, kind of those vibes um but you kind of have to look for it so we like the older part of vegas because it's first of all much cheaper like significantly cheaper than staying on the strip or drinking on the strip or gambling on the strip or doing anything on the strip so it's more in our price range but also uh in old vegas there is a three-story mob museum that i've that you and i have actually been We've to been before to twice actually this, this is, is the second, second time. time yeah yeah um, and I wanted to go back and so I was looking at the website and I saw that there was this really good deal where you could pay $99 and you get tickets to the uh, mob museum and then it also included dinner at Oscars and I was kind of like well what's the connection here like why dinner at that steakhouse specifically and then I did a little bit more research and you know Oscar Goodman was a uh criminal defense attorney for the mob and he was also the former mayor of las vegas and very popular there actually still still and so it's his steakhouse and uh the steakhouse uh was in a scene from casino actually a couple scenes yeah. i think they were they were in the restaurant a few times and they name drop oscar too yeah because i guess that's when he was the the criminal defense attorney yeah, so I, I thought, man, what a good deal, like, and it kind of ties into this film, and I like this movie, and so that really led me into, like, we should watch Casino, and then we should go have dinner. Of course, some of you out there might be thinking, like, that's not very romantic, Lisa, to base your And then me and Lisa were like, shut up! <laughs> yeah, you don't understand. You don't get us! <laughs> and I was like, Nick will understand, he'll be very supportive, and he was. And plus, the place was delicious. Oh, yeah, it was really so. great. It was a, um... I think if you get the package, it was a set menu, but the food was phenomenal. It was like filet mignon, and we got like that really good avocado salad and cheesecake at the end. Yeah, and I mean, we really did not good. leave hungry. So no. I, in my mind, I thought that they were going to kind of downsize all the portions no, was, to make it a good deal. Oh, good. and it included a drink, whatever oh, yeah, you, you wanted to drink. Yeah, I got like, a f not free, but including the deal, like just whatever. So I got an old fashioned. Yeah, and I had a big glass of wine. And yeah, so I mean, it, it was a really good deal and I, you know, it was cool to like be there and think about the movie and all that stuff. And we had just come from the museum. Oh, so the view was awesome. We like, there's like a stage there, so it's kind of blocked, but we were able to like look straight down all the way down like old Fremont mm -hmm. Street or yeah. whatever they call it. Yeah, that's it. Fremont. And so, you know, that just, again, feeds into, like, my nostalgia, and so that was fun. So, um, so yeah, so we picked this movie. This uh, film, Casino, came out in 1995, and uh, I guess before we really jump into our thoughts on the film and everything, let me uh, go ahead and read the synopsis. A tale of greed, deception, money, power, and murder occur between two best friends, a mafia enforcer and a casino executive. They compete against each other uh, over a gambling empire and over a fast-living and fast-loving socialite. Yeah, that, I mean, there's a lot I mean, of stuff that happens in that movie, <laughs> but that does sum it up. That sums it up. Um, yeah, so I, I guess... Uh, let's talk a little bit about when we first saw this movie, who we saw it with, etc. Why don't you go first? Um, I guess I don't, I don't really remember exactly when I first saw it, but I, I feel like it was, I, once again, I feel like this is like my catchphrase whenever I'm on the show. I feel like I saw it a little too young because I was young enough to, when I saw it, I was like, oh, it's the guy from Home Alone. <laughs> like that was I love that, that. that was my connection with it. I'm like, oh, cool, Joe Pesci. And I, like as a kid, <laughs> I, I liked Joe Pesci probably because he was in Home Alone, right? So I saw a lot of stuff with him in it way too young, like this. Um, That's so weird. I think as That's a child, probably weird for people older than us. Like, I really love Joe Pesci. Oh, as a child, it's like a I child loved, that loves Joe Pesci. Um, How weird. Uh, Gone Fishing. 
Oh, yeah. That was funny. That was kid-friendly. And I liked Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag. Oh, I remember that movie. Just, yeah. I don't know. I just, I liked Joe Pesci when I was a kid. That was, he was, I thought he was really funny, even though he kind of is. Yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like I saw it off and on, maybe not all the way through, because the movie itself probably didn't hold my interest as a child. But then I think I saw it again years ago when, when we watched it. Oh, really? Like, okay, so that was, the... like, your adult viewing of yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Like, I, I'd seen it here and there, and then I hadn't seen it for a long time. Right. And then we watched it a few years ago. Several years ago, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And that was when yeah, I really was able to early on. Yeah. enjoy it. Um. So, yeah, I remember my parents talking about this movie. Like, I, I specifically remember my dad telling me that there was, like, a pen scene. I don't know why he told me that part specifically but he was like you're not allowed to watch that movie it's like too violent you know but he told me about that scene anyway but then he like really shielded me from the details of it. he was just like he kills someone with a pen which i mean that happens but it's like it's worse than what i was picturing because john I was a wick kid. did it with a pencil true and the joker too yeah um it's played out <laughs> it's played out by now um, but yeah, like, I don't, I mean, I didn't really have any, like, this might surprise some of you out there listening to know, like, growing up, I didn't really have a huge interest in movies like this. Um, you know, I, I guess I liked, like, Batman, you know, but I, I did, I don't remember, it could, because that, and I say that because the cartoon kind of had a lot of lobsters in it. Oh, yeah. Um, but I don't think that I tapped into that I was interested in that until I was an adult. And, um, I think I just went through a phase where I was just watching these movies like all the time. You know, I, I think I remember when we watched it, it was shortly after, I think it's when I got you to see Goodfellas for the first time. Oh yeah. That, I think you, you were like yeah, on you a mob kick after that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's Man, all on good. you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. uh, but yeah, like I think, you know, yeah, I was trying to remember that. Did I see this or that first? We saw Goodfellas and you're like, that was amazing. And so I think. Like, a couple days later, we watched Casino. Yeah, I do remember you were like, I really like Goodfellas, let's watch it. So, yeah. No, that makes sense. That checks out. Um, so, yeah, I saw it later. So, Nick's probably like, man, you're really late to the party. But, yeah, hey, but you had I seen it since you were a kid. Seen as a kid, I didn't, I didn't really remember any of it. I wasn't yeah. able to really, truly enjoy or absorb any of the uh, actual story. Like yeah. I said, I just like, oh, the Home Alone guy. I think I probably saw, like, The Godfather before this movie because I think I saw that in college but it didn't i mean i i really thought the godfather was a great movie but that didn't kick off my binge watching for some reason i, I don't know why this did specifically but dose yeah that one. <laughs> yeah like i feel like goodfellas in this one are kind of really fun quick well, like beginning to end stories done yeah although this movie's pretty long yeah what like three hours almost yeah uh let's look at the running time just to be sure two hours and 58 minutes oh yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't remember that about it. Did you? I feel like so much happened. Okay, this sounds contradictory, but so much happened. And you see, like, the story takes place over, like, what, a couple decades, actually. It doesn't feel like a long movie because you're always being introduced to something new happening. No, I agree or, with that. Or you're always... It, it The movie doesn't get stagnant. Like, it's constantly moving. That's I think that's why it doesn't feel like it... Uh, it's that long yeah no i agree because when we sat down to watch it i was like three hours like i, I yeah. didn't remember that um and and then when i watched it, it didn't feel like three hours passed so Mm-mm. all right well let's dive into a couple of quick facts you can just interject with your thoughts if you like uh so most of the conversations between robert de niro and joe pesci were improvised martin scorsese would basically tell them where to start and where to end and the rest was kind of up to them that's pretty cool yeah i, I like it when they do especially with actors like that that have worked together before i feel like they kind of know what to do or where to go with certain conversations yeah i think they have really good chemistry i mean you definitely see that in goodfellas yeah they're great together yeah and but i feel like in this movie their relationship took even more center stage it's kind of like maybe scorsese thought that was really good let's like get them even closer together because i feel like it was more of a balance in goodfellas yeah because goodfellas the main character wasn't either one of them they were Mm -hmm. kind of side characters helping the main guy along but this one it was both of them were the two main characters yeah 
So uh, while the movie begins by stating it's based on a true story, it never names the real-life casino involved. Uh, the Tangineers Casino is fictional. The story is based upon the history of the Stardust Casino, a fact well-documented in Las Vegas history books. Martin Scorsese discreetly documents this fact via the soundtrack, in which the song Stardust is heard three different times. An instrumental version plays during Ace and Ginger's wedding. A vocal version is heard during the scene where uh, Remo asks Marino if Nikki and Ginger are having sex, and also at the end at the final credits. That's pretty cool. That was my question. I mean, this is going to sound dumb, but remember, I don't live in Vegas. <laughs> I uh, didn't know if that was a casino or not. It it's, isn't. Okay, there is one that sounds like it, right? Yeah, there's one that has a similar name. We just went to Vegas and people were like, you guys are a bunch of dummies. I know. But... I will say like this movie also really makes me want to go. We, we still haven't been, but I want to go to the Neon Museum. Oh, it's yeah, like the, the Boneyard. Uh, neon Graveyard or Boneyard, yeah. Boner, yeah. It's where they have, like, all the old... Uh... They have the... Or actually, not the original, but the, the second Stardust sign. Yeah. Because they changed it, right? Around the 60s or 70s? Well, yeah, the Stardust doesn't exist anymore. But it had, like, that, that more, like, Jetson-looking sign. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it had an original one, and then they changed it to look more futuristic. But, yeah, now it's... Yeah, you're right. It's not there anymore. Yeah, but that was a question I had. I was like, what hotels are supposed to be? I know it was filmed uh, in the Riviera Hotel, mostly... Um, uh, but, but yeah, that's kind of an interesting fact. Uh, here's another fun one. The F word is said 435 times, including the narration 2.4 times per minute on average. The film held the record for the most uses of the F word until the release of Summer of Sam in 1999, which also had a reported 435 times. The record was later broken by The Wolf of Wall Street in 2013, which had 600 uses. Tarantino's got nothing on Scorsese. I know. That's kind of surprising. Like, I almost would have thought Tarantino had more, but yeah. It was, I think I think the second one episode I did with you was Pulp Fiction, and wasn't uh -huh. it only like 30-something times? And we were like, oh my oh, gosh. wow, how did they do that? Oh my lord! Oh, yeah. Goodness. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess it's just so second nature to the characters in the movie. It fits, so it doesn't really yeah. feel like it stands out you the same way. You expect that you learn the way they talk, and it doesn't. It just sounds like they're talking. It doesn't sound like they're cursing, really, because that's just the way they talk. You know. Yeah. You know, I was thinking the last time we were watching this movie when I saw that fact about the summer of Sam. I, I like I saw that movie a long time ago. I think that I have not seen. That oh, one. really? Mm -mm. It was like towards it. the end of high school. It's like I mean I have to rewatch it, but what, from what I remember, it's like one of these films, but without any sort of joy or <laughs> like not to say that Casino's full of joy. Yeah, but, but it's fun. But I enjoy watching it, and I didn't enjoy watching Summer of Sam at all. Um, it, I felt terrible after watching it, and. Yeah, they say fuck a lot, but it's like too much. I don't know. I, I can't explain it. It just it didn't rub fit. me. It rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. Kind of like this one, like we're just saying, this one kind of fits. You get these guys. You hopefully you don't know mobsters, but you kind you know that guy maybe that cusses too much. Yeah, and maybe that's what it is. Like I enjoy the characters in uh, Scorsese's films. They feel like they're terrible, but they're, they're terrible, there's but something they're like, likable about them. Right. Whereas in Summer of Sam, I just was like exhausted at the end. Anyway, that's for another time. We should rewatch it because that could have just been my young brain, like no, not being able to it. process it. <laughs> Cause, uh, I saw it. Um, I think I was like in high school when I saw that anyway. Uh, so let's see. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, unless, do you have any anything you want to interject? Any facts or anything? I really don't. I'm just kind of in it, uh, strapped in for the ride on this one. Okay, okay. I'm just having fun. <laughs> okay. So let's talk a little bit about Martin Scorsese next. Um, so, I mean, we could sit here and spit tons of facts, but I feel like my audience knows who he is yeah, pretty the, well. The, I think the people that listen to this podcast, they, they're going to know they're already this guy. Fan. Yeah. Um. So let's let's do this. Um. Can you rank like your favorite Martin Scorsese films? Like, where does Casino fall, and what's your favorite one, and that that kind of stuff? I don't know if I can really rank them. I I can say, Goodfellas is my favorite. Solid. 
Granted, I think you've semi recently. I still haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street though. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Okay, That's I, really crazy to I say. I thought out loud. You, you'd seen it one one time, like no, when I was at work or it something. just but I don't, it hasn't grabbed me. I don't know. I just like I was saying earlier, Goodfellas, like from start to finish, you get a full story. I don't know. I just I really like that one. I think that one's my favorite. Um, I I think I know your favorite, and it's very good. I think Taxi Driver's more of a solid story because you're really focused on one person. Yeah, it's my favorite film for a lot of reasons. I I would love to do an episode on Taxi Driver, um, but I think for me it's probably Taxi Driver, and then like in terms of like just my favorite, like I enjoy rewatching this, probably Goodfellas. Yeah, and then I feel like I'm gonna forget like some glaringly important one, but we've done so many. Yeah, <laughs> in in different types of films too. It's um, like your uh your Spielberg quiz. Yeah, pretty much. Everyone's I was thinking like, that. you did that one. Yeah, um, but I also, you know, I do like Casino a lot. I rank it pretty high um, just because I enjoy the cast and, you know, I like the setting. Um, I also really liked, uh, what's it called? The one with Daniel Day-Lewis. Let me look. Uh, Gangs of New York? Yeah. That one's that, good. That's Scorsese, That one's right? kind of like, uh, I think it is. It's a little fantastical. That's that's one that I haven't seen in a very long time, but I remember really enjoying it. Um, oh, I like The Aviator a lot. Um, I, th- I think I came in halfway through on that one. I haven't seen that one all the way through. I'd think, like to. I think you'd really like that movie. I feel like Scorsese has a few people he really likes working with, like De Niro, obviously, and I think DiCaprio's his new favorite go-to guy. Seems like it, huh? Um, I like Raging Bull as... I, I like... It as a film i think it's a brilliant film i can't say that i like enjoy and love watching it <laughs> i think that's what he's trying to say though yeah in story so i wouldn't say it's my favorite in terms of like i love watching that movie whereas like taxi drivers probably almost as heavy hitting and yet i do enjoy rewatching that um but yeah those are those are mine um man going this list is it's pretty exhausting. crazy a lot of stuff that uh that you kind of forgot that he did too. but i guess a lot of these that we're looking at right now are uh producing roles they're not all just directorial yeah yeah i don't know why it jumped down like that Let's see. but yeah he's just spinning so much and i mean if if you know his work you can see why he's stayed pretty uh fluent in um in the biz yeah, yeah a lot there's... of these i'm like i've never heard of that i'm like oh it's a short film or it's uh that's not one of his directing ones, so. Yeah. But yeah, I, th- I think my favorite is Goodfellas. But, yeah, definitely uh, Casino and Taxi Driver are pretty close second and thirds. Cool, cool. Um, so I'll just kind of launch into the writer, and then we'll just sort of talk about our favorite films, and we can talk about the actors when we get there. Yeah. Um, so the writer is Nicholas Pileggi. He wrote the book, and he wrote the screenplay, he also wrote the book that Goodfellas was based on, and he wrote the screenplay for that. This movie was a little different because he was basically writing the book and the movie simultaneously. Uh, so so basically they were just going on a bunch of notes. Didn't and, he finish the movie, the screenplay first? Yeah, he they finished the movie and then he finished the book, yeah. So I I feel that this movie reflects that a little bit, to be honest. Like, I don't, I think this is a really good film. I don't think it's as strong as Goodfellas. I feel like Goodfellas is like more of a complete story, whereas this felt like, I don't know, it just, it jumps kind of all over the place. It does feel like notes, like you're, like maybe you found someone's like diary or notebook and you're kind of flipping through it, like skipping a couple pages at a time. Yeah, it felt like. I don't know. It, it just more showcased, I think, uh, Robert De Niro's character and Nikki and Ginger, like sort of a slice of life kind of like experience when you watch this movie more than like a straightforward narrative that we got with the I feel like they fellas. have to do that when um, it takes place over such a long period of time. Like I yeah, think I said I earlier, it's, it takes place over like a, a few decades, probably like Yeah, three. at least one or two. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, it gets goes all the way from where before he knows Ginger to where they get married to where they have a kid and everything. Yeah. 
like a not just a, a baby but like an actual child so I mean, yeah it's, i think it's probably two two to three maybe yeah and like they even show how their their outfits change yeah as with the decades each, changing each decade. yeah so it's like a lot happens um but yeah so uh i don't know i really like this movie a lot um like i said i what i'm saying kind of sounds like critiques but it is different from the other movie but i'm i appreciate it like i'm glad that it exists and um i still enjoy it it's a different experience i think goodfellas is also more fun is that fair to say i think yeah i think goodfellas is i mean it, it can be heavy at times but it's just kind of fun the characters are once again, a lot of them are dirtbags, but they're yeah. just, they're likable. Um, they just had so many, like, great scenes. Like, the funny man scene, I think, is still, to this day, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Once um, again, Pesci, so. Yeah, your favorite. He doesn't even <laughs> your know childhood he's a, favorite. He doesn't know he's a comedic genius. <laughs> he's your, he's your, uh, he's your Mr. Rogers. He amuses me. <laughs> he does, yeah. You think, like a clown. Um, so, uh let's i think like i said we could we could dive into each actor but i think it will be more fun if we just talk about a couple of our favorite films we may not go completely chronologically and we may only say a couple of our favorites but we're just going to kind of have a discussion the movie is sort of i don't know frenetic and jumps around so i think it's okay if we if we do that too yeah i'm fine with that all right well let's lead with you what what's one of your favorite scenes that you kind of want to talk about I feel like since, especially since we just got back from, from Vegas, I will admit every time we walk through like a, a casino or something, I would look around to see like if I could see the guy like watching over everything. <laughs> yeah. Or I mean, if you look like up the, on the ceiling, the there's like those little, um, those little dome cameras like every two or three feet. And I think some of those scenes in the movie where, where um, De Niro's character, Ace, is just kind of like lurking around a corner or something he's like yeah i know what's going on you can't pull a fast one on me he always knows what's going on and if he doesn't like some of his other his other guys do it as it's kind of neat seeing that like he's what he's pretty much right out in the middle of the open people are walking right past him but he always has an eye on what's going on i'm doing hand gestures right now. <laughs> it's great for podcasting yeah they can they 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 can hear me with the of my hand but no i just it's it's kind of fun seeing a movie that takes place in a, a not necessarily the specific casino but a, a location and then you get to go there and kind of be in the movie like so anytime they were in the casino because a lot of the movie doesn't take place in the casino at all. right true it's just kind of fun sorry it's just kind of fun like seeing that especially in old vegas where we were it still kind of has that feel of a bunch of the scenes in on like the casino floor for sure i think i don't think that i had been to vegas the first time i saw this movie i'm not sure um but i i think because we used to mainly go to the strip yeah, um nothing like anything yeah. you'll see in this movie right because it's like well you know there's there's a couple hotels like the tropicana flamingo harrah's you know those kind of hotels have that old feel and i think even this the the casino this is based on the stars was on the strip but what you see on the strip i mean the way that it works now i mean they talk about it in the movie but it's like they blow things down and put things back up and everything's brand new because we had mostly just been to the strip it's like you get there and you're like oh this is like nothing like i've ever seen in a movie and i'm not even sure if i saw this one before we went there so i didn't really connect this movie with a place as weird as that sounds like it's not like some movies where i'm like you know, we just saw Shazam and like uh, that Rocky scene. It's like you, it's almost like you can't go to Philadelphia and not think about Rocky. Wasn't like, there like a, a statue of Rocky there? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like this movie, you know, it's called Casino. It's in Vegas, but it, I didn't really connect it to like a location. I feel like until we went to old the Vegas, old part yeah, of Vegas. Downtown. Yeah. Because a lot of those hotels, I mean, they're still standing like the Golden Nugget and the Golden Gate and. You know, even the plazas from probably well, the seventies. The, the first one, right? Yeah, the from like nineteen oh six. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they have that older feel. Like things aren't updated. They don't necessarily have the newest slot machines in there, and it just the ceilings are lower. Like yeah. it's just a different vibe than you get like when you go to Luxor or you know Caesars or something. Yeah. 
Um, so now when I watch this movie, I do feel that way. I think about all the low ceilings. Yeah. I think about, because I'm thinking about like the Golden Nugget and Fremont, and, you know, all, all those kind of hotels that, that have that feel. And it is cool to like, like you said, it's almost like you're getting like an experience like, oh, this is like the movie. I mean, you and I were born in the 80s. So like <laughs> this movie takes place in the 70s and 80s and, you know, we didn't witness that. So it's kind of cool to go to those old parts of Vegas and kind of get that feel back. Yeah, it's kind of like, I mean, going there, it's kind of like, oh, I wasn't touched in the movie, but you know some shady shit probably went down right where I'm standing right now. <laughs> like, the mob was all over Vegas, so it's it's really kind of cool, especially in that old part. You're like, oh, this is really neat. They, this is that street or whatever. This is that uh, that one casino. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, so I guess so. You're you're the scene you like is just when they're introducing uh, Robert De Niro's character and, and kind of just explaining what yeah. his role is and because everything. It, not necessarily my favorite scene, but I just that that feeling I think is is really neat. Getting to see it uh, firsthand and then kind of reminiscing it, seeing it like in the movie too. Like, oh, it's there's a guy in a suit over there. I wonder if he's a uh, Keeping an eye on th- that drunk guy over there at the craps table or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but an- another thing I really liked about it is, uh, I think it's the very beginning where they, they pretty much open with just the desert. Yeah. They're showing you, it's like, Vegas is in a desert. There's nothing around it. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It's like, it's still, or not anymore, but it, back then it was like, still kind of the Wild West. Well, yeah, That's why you know. these mobsters went there. I was watching a, you know, behind the scenes with uh, an interview with Scorsese and, uh, you know, a lot of the films that he grew up with, the ones that he really loved were Westerns. Yeah. And he feels like that's not in his wheelhouse. Like, this is literally the closest that he's gotten to telling a Western story. I think mobsters are pretty close to somewhat modern day cowboys. Yeah. Like, I I feel like there's definitely some crossover there. And I did like that about this film, what you're talking about, they establish it's in a desert, which I feel like you almost forget. Like you said, when you go to Vegas, when you're in Vegas, you're like, you can't see anything like 10 feet away from you. Cause it's so huge there. And also, I mean, there's more crossover because, you know, gambling was legalized there, prostitution, Mm -hmm. you know, all the things that we also associate with With the wild Wild West West movies and stories. It's literally a part of this. And mm-hmm. then, you know, this element of lawlessness and all that, it, it's definitely similar. And I liked in this movie how they sort of introduced that idea back into in the sense that, um, you know, the scenes where he's uh, he fires that uh, cowboy's nephew. Oh, yeah, because um, that was he's a good a politician, th- right? I think I think he was. Okay. Or, no, he had something to do with the, the commission. The gambling oh, the committee. Commission. Yeah. Um, yeah. That scene alone was great because it just, <laughs> you like, it's so cringy, but just the way he belittles that guy. Yeah. Because he's like, people won like tens of thousands of dollars on this machine in less than an hour and you didn't turn it off. It's like, oh, I didn't know. It's like, you need to pay attention to stuff like this. That's kind of like what I was saying. It's like, he always knows what's going on, like before yeah. anyone else does. And I, I just, like I said, it's cringy, but just him yelling at that guy like calling him an idiot (laughs) you don't you don't belong here and and like later when uh when his family member comes back there and basically tells him to hire him back yeah i think i'm not sure and he doesn't and just the way he's like dressed i mean he's dressed like a cowboy and then he says you know you need to remember you're our guests you know it's like we were here first this is our territory and we're gonna push you out and they literally do that yeah um, and you get the sense, even in that scene, that Robert De Niro, I mean, he just thinks they're stupid hicks, you know? He can't yeah, but understand. He's in their backyard. Right. He doesn't understand, like, the dynamics and the politics of that area that they're actually allowing him to operate, and he's yeah. not just in charge. Quote he's unquote. used to, like, the family back in New York or yeah. Philly or, or Chicago or so. I think he came from Chicago, I think. Yeah, I think so. That sounds right. Um, and yeah, so I mean, I, I like I like the way that they're sort of putting those elements back in there because I feel like that's something we forget about, right? You know, like I said, we forget that it's a desert and how it started out was like a cowboy town. I yeah. think now we kind of associate it with none of those things. Yeah, like gambling and fun <laughs> and partying. It's yeah. Like, mm, it wasn't really supposed to be like that. Well, I guess yeah. it kind of was, but. Yeah. 
um, they did that because they were trying to protect themselves against like the the depression, basically. Yeah, it made a lot of money, and yeah, you could go there, you could make money, or it was kind of like a little oasis out out in the middle of the desert. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, without gambling and prostitution, there's like no way Las Vegas would even exist. Oh, yeah. It's like it, so it far away from everything. Fizzled out, probably. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. I like that. Um, since we're doing more scenes and not necessarily actors or characters, I'm I'm gonna jump into a uh, uh, one of the Joe Pesci scenes. It's, so I think by now he's kind of like Ace's like little right hand man, but he mm-hmm. thinks he's like even with them, and he, I guess he kind of is. Uh, so like Robert De Niro's character is the. He's like the the businessman. Yeah, because he's really good. He knows what he's, he's really. Doing. Yeah, he's very intelligent. He's very smart, and I think he's sort of elevating himself. He wants to get out of this lifestyle and be more legit. He wants to just yeah. be a businessman, whereas Nikki um, is the opposite. He just he, loves the position he's in. He's like, I can do whatever I want, and he likes the violence. He yeah. likes. He's an enforcer. He's not super smart and he's not a businessman so to him being a mobster being a part of the family that's appealing to him he likes that clout he likes that you know that scene and it's really clashing with what robert de niro's character wants and ultimately clashes with what the mob wants yeah. but i think that's that's the part where you're kind of talking well, that's where it's getting obvious specifically that a like you you actually brought it up him being the enforcer and it's it's pretty unsettling, but we actually saw it at the mob museum too. Like the scene where, oh yeah, I he forgot like about that. <laughs> puts that dude, his head in a vice, yeah, and like semi crushes his skull until like his eye pops out to get a name. That was real. Yeah, that like happened. They I don't show think you he, like you know the person he's based on didn't necessarily do no, that, but, but someone one did do mob, that. One notorious mobster did that. He was known for like torturing people or whatever. But yeah, they. Um, yeah, one, that was part in the, one part in the uh, mom museum they actually said this is real some guy was known for he liked to put people's heads or other like extremities in the vice or whatever to get Ugh. information out of them I'll be honest that made me like nauseous yeah there's a part of the museum where they're like just so you know when you go in this room like see dead bodies yeah and they just show you like all these pictures of dead bodies and like explain how they died and I'm kind of like I don't know if I wanted this part of the museum. Like, You're like at least they're bad guys? <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like, I I liked in the movie when I didn't know this happened to somebody. I mean, I know that, like, terrible stuff happened, but I, I don't know that I wanted to know that vice fact. So sorry out there if you didn't want to know that either. Yeah, that, but... that was real. That scene is, uh, <laughs> is some of the loosely uh, based on uh, true events part, but pretty <laughs> accurately. But, um... Oh, I know. I know we're kind of jumping all around. Oh, no, it's fine. But um, another cool thing, kind of going back to, like, being put in the casino yourself. Yeah. Uh, seeing stuff. We were at the El Cortez. Oh, yeah. And we were going down that one hallway because El Cortez has really good drink specials. Yep. And after, is it after 11? At 11, it's buy one, get one. Yeah. On almost anything. Right. And so we, we were at the, the wrong bar. They're like, oh, no, it's at that one. So we were going down this hallway to get there. And I looked over and there's like this big metal door with like a super thick glass window. And it was one of the like the the money counting rooms. Oh, yeah. And it was really cool because that happens. You see that so much in casino because that's what they were doing. They were like weighing the money wrong or or no, they they they're they, skimming. They, yeah. They're they're not reporting it correctly. Like they're or like they saying pre, how much pre weighted the scales. Right. To where it thought there was more. Mm hmm but they could put less in. Right. And so it was kind of neat. Not the same hotel, obviously, because this was the El Cortez, but you could it's see... It's still a very old hotel that I think... One of those... One of those rooms where you see, like, the big bins where they just dump all the coins in there and it counts them and organizes them. That was kind of neat. An- another, like, oh, this was, like, in the movie. Yeah, and I think it's one of the hotels that, uh, you know, pretty big mobster Bugsy Siegel owned or at least he there is a restaurant in the old Cortez called Siegel's I think yeah 
So, I mean, again, like, if you're interested in, like, that old side of Vegas, like, you'll go in a lot of these hotels and they'll have a lot of really interesting artifacts if you look for them. I feel like they don't advertise them a lot. I feel like maybe I'm, like, so nerdy and I'm, like, the only one that cares, but I feel like there's a market for people like me that are interested in, in this kind of stuff. But yeah, so that's that's just another random fact. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was yeah. kind of neat. Like, like I said, it's not super, um, super obvious. But just seeing that, I'm like, oh well, this is where they made a lot of their uh, money. Yeah. In a, a room probably very similar to that. Mm-hmm. But that was we saw one of the real ones. They weren't counting money at the time, but. Yeah, we're not implying that they were skimming no. or anything. They they had um, masks on with yeah. big bags with dollar signs on their back. <laughs> um yeah uh oh yeah i I think that's cool well um i I guess i'll go next um i wanted to talk a little bit about uh sharon stone's character ginger mckenna um because i feel like when you you look back at like older mobster movies to this one um and you guys know i'm always gonna go here so i'm just gonna go ahead and say it here she goes here i go um you know, I think Zachy and I talked about in the Godfather episode the way that women are portrayed and how they're submissive and subjugated in that movie and in that world. I feel like by the time we get around to this movie in the 70s and 80s, it really feels like, you know, obviously it's a different director, but also made much later. I feel like, um, you know, this movie, Sharon Stone's character plays a much bigger part than mob wives did in previous movies i mean she's pretty much the third main character yeah she's from vegas she's not used to that mob wives stay at home and cook and have babies mentality she's like i live in vegas i'm here to party and live my life and have a good time yeah and i felt like uh just as an actress she just got to do so much more with that character um than than previous actresses have gotten to to do and um they really fleshed out her role because when you uh you know read about the original guy that De Niro's character is based on Lefty Rothstein I think his name was Larry um you know uh his wife Jerry not Ginger um she was you know the the age disparity was much greater than in this film um And so I feel like it's much easier to see why he was convincing her to marry him. You're like, okay, it's like this old man and like this really, really young, beautiful woman. And she's like, I don't really want to marry you. (laughs) Yeah. It was the exact same agreement they had in the movie, though. Yeah. As in real life. Mm hmm. And, but I feel like they really romanticize it in this movie. It's like, I'm so in love with you and, you know, I'm willing to wait. We can work on that. We can work on you being in love with me. And she's like, okay. And like, I think they make the relationship like more exciting and more equal in the sense of like, she's giving him a lot of trouble and it's more oh, yeah. back she's, and forth. And she's, yeah. she throws them a couple curveballs several times. Yeah. And I feel like in real life, at least from what that clip that we watched, I got the impression that the real relationship was more like she was just way too young for him and lost interest and was like, I want to leave. And then she did have an affair like in the movie, but I don't know if maybe she was just running into the arms of like another person to try to protect her. And then she died like a month later after they divorced. I don't know. I just feel like it was a different, (laughs) completely different situation from what happened in this movie. Um, But I I like what they did with her character. And I definitely also, I feel like from the first time we watched it to this last time, I had a different impression of her than I think I did the first time. And I was talking to my dad about this too, because he's, you know, just somebody else that's seen the movie that I was talking to recently. And I was telling him like how I felt kind of pity for her character more so than the first time I saw it. And he was like, I didn't get that at all. It seemed like she was, you know, a drug addict and terrible. But you also said, too, you were like, I don't know. I feel sorry for her. Like, she's in a bad situation. Yeah, I, I feel like she probably would have gotten into some trouble anyways. But, I mean, when you're coupled with, like, mob ties, I mean, whatever trouble you can get into is, like, just, like, rocketed to the moon. Yeah, and they give her this, I don't know if it's mirrors the, you know, Jerry's experience uh but ginger in the movie you know she implies that she's been with this pimp since 
she was a kid, which is disturbing. And so I'm kind of like, the whole movie, I was like, I feel like she's just like brainwashed, yeah. you know? He and gets she roughed kept... up. That's a good scene, too. Yeah, that's a good scene. Because he really, I hated him. He's a, he's a dirtbag. <laughs> he's horrible. But I just kind of felt like all her problems were wrapped up in like past trauma that she was never able to work through. So yeah. in my eyes, she was like a little bit more innocent than some of the other characters. Was she a horrible mother? Yes. Was she a drug addict? Yes. But I had a little bit more sympathy for her because I felt like... There's a lot of trauma that she went through, but because she looks so beautiful and she's so charming, it's like nobody ever really scratches the surface of any of that in the movie, including De Niro's character. Yeah. And so I'm like, I don't feel like she ever got to explore healing or moving on. So I kind of feel worse for her than I do for like Joe Pesci's character or De Niro's character. Yeah. You know? I mean, they know what they're in for. Right. They know... They like chose someone that life. is probably always right behind them. Yeah, she didn't necessarily know that. Yeah, because in this movie too, she was uh, nominated for best actress, and I can definitely see that. Like when we watched it again this time, I was just in awe of all the places she could go emotionally in this film. I mean, she's got some pretty crazy scenes. That scene uh, where she's on the lawn towards the end. Oh yeah, where she, where she um, I think she like pretty much. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to. This was she was. This is after she started seeing Nikki. Yeah. And she's real drunk at Nikki's little club or whatever or where, mm-hmm. his restaurant. And so Ace goes and picks her up. Takes her home. She drives back there, and she's like, "You guys need to kill him. You can do that, right?" Mm-hmm. And so they're like, "No, we can't do that." And so she, then she drives back home. By now, it's like morning. She's just, like, ramming his car with her car. Yeah, and then she gets out, and she's just acting unhinged, and they have to take her away, and um, or they, they think about taking her away, but then uh, they let her go, and then she that's when she goes to the bank and empties out uh, all his money. Yeah, she's like, I need one thing, and she goes in there and gets takes the key. The key. I don't mm-hmm. think he thought she would be able to get it. Yeah, he's like, she's off her rocker. We just need to get her out of here. Yeah, and he just kind of lets this whole scene unfold and lets her just look insane. And it's just like, I don't know what to do. But that whole scene is just so impressive to me. Like, her performance is just amazing. Because she just has so many different sides to her, I feel like, in this film. And uh, I I had listened to one of the the behind-the-scenes videos that said that... uh, this was based on, you know, something they read in the newspaper that this had happened, like, just like this. Yeah, I, I think, think it happened, like, at, like, 5 a.m. or something. Yeah. Crazy like that. Yeah, and it's like, you know, everyone has probably witnessed some sort of domestic violence situation or dispute or what have you. But um, the the image of it being this, like, really quiet little town and, yeah. like, you know, all that stuff. And the real nice just, part. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I liked that scene. And then um, I think also the scene where uh, we find out how she kind of like makes all her money. Um, you know, she just charms people at the tables. And, yeah. Uh, she takes care of everyone. He puts it like she says she's out of money, but really she like gives a little bit here, there, everywhere. It's part of her job, her role is in the casino. And I thought that was really interesting. And that, I, was, that was her role when he met her, right? Yeah, yeah. Because he had just gotten the job to take care of that casino, and it was like the thing where like he saw her and he like immediately wanted wanted her. Yeah, and I think they did a good job of making her seem very, you know, I mean, obviously she's a beautiful woman, but also I think she just has this charisma in the film, and um, yeah, yeah, I just really I really liked her performance. I thought another really cool part, maybe not necessarily an actual scene, because there's several scenes, but. Once again, true to the uh, the actual character. Um, I think because we're talking about earlier that that uh, Vegas native, after his nephew or whatever got fired, he made it really hard for him to get his license from the uh, was it gambling commission? I think it's the committee. Something like that. Yeah. But so, anyways, like the real guy and in this movie, he on purpose gives himself. <laughs> a lower yeah. role and he starts this like tv show 
in the casino, like live in the casino, With, or like his name. It's like, yeah, it's like starring his, me about me. Yeah, it's like the Rothstein show or whatever. And so that was really cool because in the movie you're like, this what? This is crazy. And then you're like, oh, that actually happened. This guy started a show, somewhat variety show, and just pretty much bashed all the politicians and everything. He like used it as a podium. Yeah, so so basically, if you haven't seen the movie yet, and I don't know why you're listening to this if you haven't, but yeah, if you haven't, it. yeah, what are you doing? Um, so if you haven't seen this movie yet, basically, this this whole plot centers around what happened in real life, where, um, you know, uh, Rothstein's had no license because he was in trouble back home for all his other gambling problems, yeah. and then he comes to Vegas. But he's a good businessman. Yeah. And he's like, they're like, we, uh, the mob wants him to run a casino, but he can't because he doesn't actually have a license and he can't get one because he's not legitimate um, because he's a criminal. Um, but, you know, in the movie, the way they get around it is, and in, in real life, he, he had all these fake titles like beverage manager and stuff yeah. like that. Um, he would give himself a lesser title mm-hmm. and have like, kind of like just a some other person act as the manager under him yeah and eventually what happens in the movie and probably how it transpired in real life is that a journalist catches him in an interview strokes his ego until he admits that he actually is in charge so now he's already in trouble for admitting in a big publication that he's the boss but at this point in the movie he's his ego's out of control and then the committee's like mad at him because like you said he fired fired that that one guy's nephew and so they're like well let's see if you've got a license and so then these committee hearings happen and yeah he loses and he makes a huge deal out of it super upset and then he decides to Make it worse by having a show. <laughs> yeah, I think he, he retitles himself Entertainment Manager. Right. Which isn't a low profile like the no, other titles he TV. had. Yeah. Yeah. And the mob doesn't like that. That's what um, really gets the mob angry because now he's on TV making a stink and everyone's seeing his laundry. Yeah. Because per usual, every time something like this comes up, the mob is like, well, we don't exist and this isn't happening. So. Um, you know, and then it, it's up to the government to prove that they do exist and yeah. that they are doing this. Um, and it's a big problem because at this time, you know, the mob's running everything in Vegas pretty much. So, yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I like that I thought scene that was too. a good scene because they, they had a couple scenes where it was him at his desk doing his little, um, like, uh, soapbox speeches and everything. And it was, it was kind of cool learning that that actually did happen that was something i didn't know actually happened yeah there's a lot of stuff that actually happens surprisingly insane pretty accurate yeah it's like you know it's definitely not a direct interpretation and they they actually had to get uh rothstein's permission like he had to read the script and approve it and stuff like that they changed his name slightly yeah and they changed you know elements of the story to make it easier more interesting and things like that but um he approved it um I think the craziest thing that was true in one of my favorite scenes, but I I really thought that they just did it for the movie, is how the movie opens and ends with the uh, car explosion. Yes. Um, that's insane to me that that's that true. That was real. He exploded, but got out. <laughs> yeah, like because his car had a design defect. Do you want to talk about that? You, I think well, you understood that. I, I think they I said did. for some reason that particular model, but they said it in the movie... And they said it in in this other documentary thing we watched. Like, this car had some weird issue to where it wasn't balanced. So to counterbalance it, they put a big steel plate under in the driver, like the the floorboard, to pretty much weigh one side down to where it matched the other side. And so Uh in turn, that part right under the driver's seat was way more enforced, like way stronger. So when this car bomb exploded it acted as a shield right giving him enough time to like jump out of the car before it was completely engulfed in flames yeah which is like that's nuts, nuts. he got <laughs> i think it was like one year like he could not have been luckier right yeah and and there's so many things like that in his story and in the story overall of you know that the vegas during that time 
Um, and you can see why they made a movie about it. You know, they thought, okay, yeah, we need to jump on this. <laughs> it's like, oh, that can't be real. Oh, it was? Okay. Yeah. And I think that's what interests me so much. Not so much, you know, um, the violence and the, you know, what the crimes committed. So much as I, I love hearing about, you know, the investigation and just all the things that happened. And, you know, how did they get control back of all those because you know how did the government figure out how to get them in enough trouble to get all that i don't know i just find all that stuff really interesting it's really cool and i guess one more thing like we're saying that restaurant we went to oscars there's i think a couple scenes where they're actually eating dinner there Mm -hmm. and it look it still looks exactly the same but um weren't weren't they saying the continuity was off because like when the movie took place yeah, Oscars was, wasn't a restaurant. It, it was, was a like pool. yeah, there was like a swimming pool, which is there. really weird. If you ever see this, you're like, wait, what? Yeah, and then when you go up there, it is kind of a strange. Like, the restaurant is on like the second or third floor, and it's in a big round circle. And then when you see old pictures that that was a swimming pool, yeah, it like, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and you're like, but you can. It kind of looks like there was a swimming kind pool of, there. Yeah, still. they just put some yeah. boards over it and tables down. I mean, it was a swimming. It was more like a fountain that you could get in, I guess. Yeah, no, <laughs> if you I, see the pictures. I think the original one, when the 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 real um, events were happening, it was the pool, but it was just a pool. There was no like um, glass dome or anything. That, yeah. That is very iconic now. Yeah. Like yeah. in the movie, and then when we ate there, there's this big glass dome. Like with chandeliers hanging from it. Yeah, and they like um, play songs from the movie. And yeah, stuff. <laughs> like they they you know. Oh, they it. eat it up. They they yeah. they cash in on that big time, which is cool. It's really fun. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it because I really felt like I was pushing this. Audio. Oh no, that was great. <laughs> but it was kind of neat seeing it in the movie, and then when we ate dinner that night, we're like, oh shit, they sat right there. Yeah, we're like cool. <laughs> One place I want to go to. I guess that's that's another tangent. We'll come back to that. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think if there was any more scenes I wanted to talk about. There are so many. It's just, I know. It's... it's kind of overwhelming. Yeah. Um, I, I guess then I'll just blab about what I was talking about already. Okay. Um, there's a couple other scenes uh, in the movie. One of them took place in the Fireside Lounge, which still exists. Um, it's part of a restaurant called, like, the pepper mill is that right do you remember pepper mill and fireside lounge yeah Yeah, pepper mill and so like one part of it's like an old diner and then the other half is like the fireside lounge um you can go there today we didn't go there because it was on the strip and we were in old part of vegas but yeah but i want to go there i also want to go to a place called atomic liquors where um, it's a really old bar in Vegas where uh, they call it that because they used to actually watch atomic testing on the roof. Yeah, I think it was just far enough away to where people would just get real drunk and watch like atomic blasts. Yeah, like, which is nukes. neat. And they just added a kitchen too, so I want to see that. Obviously, still, as I mentioned earlier, want to see the Neon Boneyard. Basically, I just want to do anything that has to do with like history and like you know the history. There's of a, so much cool stuff out there. It's such a weird city. Yeah, it like, is weird a weird in a good city. way. It's like. Yeah. Austin's got nothing on this place, especially its history. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Well, I guess I guess we got towards the end here. Do you want to wrap up and so, yeah. have I our f- couple of last questions? I feel like there's so much more we could touch on, but just this, there's so much happens in this movie. It's hard to really be able to um, like discuss everything. This, Maybe we'll like, save that for when we talk about Goodfellas. Yeah, I was going to say, this This would be like a two-parter episode, because I'll need time <laughs> to like rewatch and be like, oh, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, I forgot that this I'm happened. sure we'll think of a lot of stuff tonight we forgot oh, to yeah. say, but you know what? There's always next time. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, that brings me to my last couple of questions. Um, what keeps you coming back to this movie? Why do you think you... What, what about it gives it rewatch value for you? I think there's a few things. It's kind of like a, it's Scorsese from in the '90s, which I yeah. feel like that was, he's his stuff is still great, but I feel like Scorsese in the '90s he made some really good stuff. Um, De Niro, Pesci, I mean they were great. I mean they're mm-hmm. icons in these types of movies. Um, and I think I I feel like I keep 
saying it over and over, but it's really cool getting to see like a more entertaining history lesson loosely yeah. based in reality like history yeah. and then it's a place where a lot of this stuff doesn't exist but a lot of it still does to where you can go and see kind of some of these things like where these these mobsters ate dinner or something or where this meeting was held you're able to actually see that and it's really cool being able to physically put yourself in some of these scenes of the movie yeah i agree i think that's a really good point um I I don't know. I it's one of my favorite Scorsese films and that alone gives it rewatch value for me, but I I I agree with you. I think the performances are really really good and then now it's starting to have like this nostalgic feeling for me because you know, it does remind me of a place that we've been to quite a few times that we enjoy yeah. going to. Something I think my reasons for enjoying going to that location have changed dramatically since I first started going there and now it sort of weirdly is intertwined in our relationship because you know we've gone there a lot together you know and it's like even this year uh when we talked about picking a location for you know where would you want to go on a trip uh vegas was the first place that you said yeah i think i think not really jokingly but we're kind of like oh let's let's go to vegas for a five year that'd be fun yeah i didn't really think anything of it and then when it really came down to it like yeah, let's go to Vegas for our five year. <laughs> yeah, we've been there a lot. We're we we kind of have like a history with it now. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's and it's fun learning about it more and more. There's you always learn something new. Um, we we learned that the um, the Golden Gate was the first one, and they have a really a bunch of cool. I'm doing uh, finger quotes, but like artifacts there, like some of the original stuff from old old Vegas. It was really cool seeing that. I made like a little story on Instagram that you can go back and watch. I might just download the file and post it in the group too, so you can check it out. But yeah, it was really cool. Um, what? Let's see. For and then uh, my second question uh, is, what would you say to someone that hasn't seen this movie before? I would be surprised. I would probably give them a slap. Wow, violent. Okay, okay. Well, we did just watch Casino. We did. It's true. Um, it's I would probably hit their hand with a hammer. Wow. Um, hmm. No, I wouldn't do that either. Okay, yeah, please don't I do that. I would probably... I would reiterate that the, the performances and the directing are really good. And for a movie, like you said, that's so violent, you almost forget it. You don't forget about it, but it's not squeamish like the movie itself is so good even though some of that stuff happens you're like this is just a good film it's like yeah i feel like a lot of times when you say scorsese people will think of this one yeah and it's like have you seen a scorsese film yes have you seen this one no go see this one i agree yeah i think that um it's kind of a running theme with the directors that i like i usually like directors that if there is violence in their films, I feel like it's used the right way. And I I don't really get the sense in his movies that he's like, look how fun this is. <laughs> it's no, always... It's cringy. Used... Yeah. yeah. It, it gets a point across. I cringe to this day. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, you know, it, it has a purpose in the story. And so whenever it happens, it doesn't feel gratuitous to me. Um but yeah, I mean, I would say this is one of his best films. It's one of my favorites. Um, you're going to recognize some quotes from the movie. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, it's just interesting to go back and and watch this film and, and learn a little history, although it's romanticized. Maybe it'll, like me, loosely make based. you... Yeah, loosely based. Maybe, like me, it'll make you want to go back and read more about it. So, you know... That's a good thing. Go back and read some books. Go read some books, you <laughs> dum-dums. Yeah. Well, guys, I think that's it for today. Nick, thank you again. Sure. Um, you know, can't thank you enough for letting me turn our anniversary trip into a podcast episode. Into a casino experience. Yeah. <laughs> Let's live and breathe this movie. Um, no, but yeah, I appreciate that. You always indulge me, and you're very supportive and I love you, and uh, I guess that's why we're still married, question mark? Well, we have fun. We have fun. (laughs) We like to have fun. Um, But yeah, and um, excited about 
the panel coming up. And it's we'll... going to be fun. I'll be there. Yep. Nick will be a guest again. Mm-hmm. So you'll be hearing from him again soon. You're All welcome right. slash sorry. You know, depending on how you feel, uh, tune, you know, skip that episode or tune in, you know, whatever yeah. you want. I won't be offended and Nick will be. Please I'll don't be add real him. mad. Um, yeah. Oh, Nick, where can people find you on, on social media? Uh, well, people can find me at um, Ward Co. Props. Um, pretty much on all of them. I have a Facebook page. I have an Instagram and a Twitter and it's essentially just you get to see me build stuff from video games or movies. Yeah, right now he's working on some Kingsman gun kits, right? Yeah, from uh, the first and second one. Yeah. The um, the Winnen, which in, in history is King Arthur had the Excalibur, but he also had a dagger called the Winnen. I didn't know that. And that's why they call it that. Why haven't we talked about Kingsman? We probably will. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks so much and uh, have a good one. All right. Thanks. Bye.